ಸಹನಾವದು ಸಹನೋಭನಕ್ತು ಸಹವೀರ್ಯಂಕರವಹೈ ತೇಜಸ್ವಿನಾವಧೀತಮಸ್ತು ಮಾವಹೈ ಶಾಂತಿಶಾಂತಿಶಾಂತಿಶಾಂತಿಶಂಕರನಂದ ನಮಃಶ್ರೀಶಂಕರನಂದ ಗುರುಪಾದಾಂಬುಜನ್ಮನೆ ಗುರುಪಾದಾಂಬುಜನ್ಮನೆ ಸವಿಲಾಸಮಹಾಮೋಹ ಸವಿಲಾಸಮಹಾಮೋಹ ಗ್ರಾಹಗ್ರಾಸೈಕಕರ್ಮಣೆ ಗ್ರಾಹಗ್ರಾಸೈಕಕರ್ಮಣೆ now is a discussion of how to make the knowledge firm it is it was said that by listening to the upanishad the mahavakya of the upanishad vichara sahitat mahavakya so mahavakya which is unfolded by the teacher which are unfolding the meaning of every word and this when the mahavakya this great statement a major statement tatvamasi is unfolded by the teacher then the knowledge aparoksha gnanam or immediate knowledge can definitely take place however in all likelihood that knowledge will not be what we call firm knowledge there would still be obstacles to that knowledge that are what we call pratibandhaka or obstacles and so this we would call sapratibandhakam gnanam or the knowledge with obstacles <coughs> and therefore it is said in the that's why we find that even in the chandogya upanishad the disciple shweta ketu approaches the teacher again and again and nine times this teaching this upadesha tatvamasi this instruction tatvamasi that the word is given by the teacher nine times that makes us understand and the teachers of vedanta also said that this is a clear evidence of the fact that this shravanam or the listening to the scriptures must be performed again and again meaning one must expose oneself to the, to the teaching again and again until this knowledge becomes clear and free of all the obstacles <coughs> now from the verse 99 the question is asked what is the reason why this knowledge is not firm what's the knowledge aham brahma i am brahman i am limitless this is a knowledge that one is seeking and that's the knowledge that takes place as a result of instruction of the teacher how come this knowledge is not firm nanu vakya pramana janita gnanasya padardhyam kutah usually pramana janitam gnanam meaning the knowledge generated by pramanam or valid means of knowledge must be a clear knowledge for example eyes are the pramanam the valid means of knowledge for color and form and therefore the knowledge that is generated here that this is an orange cloth is a firm knowledge or the ears are the pramanam the means of knowledge for the sound and so these words the knowledge of the words or the sound that is revealed by the ears is firm knowledge and similarly also vedanta or upanishad is the pramanam valid means of knowledge for the self 
And that pramanam or that means of knowledge reveals that the self is limitless. And thus in correspondence to that, this knowledge arises in the student, I am limitless. Then it is the knowledge that is born of pramanam, meaning the valid means of knowledge, then why is it not firm? When knowledge born of other means of knowledge is firm, how come this knowledge born of Vedanta is not firm? Vakya Pramanam. So Vedanta is in the form of Vakya, meaning the form of statement. Meaning Upanishad, they are in the form of words and that is called Shabda Pramanam or the Pramanam means of knowledge in the form of words. So Tad Adarnim Kutaha. How come that knowledge is not firm? What is the reason why this knowledge, Aham Brahma, I am limitless, is not firm? Ityashankya. These questions are there. This question arises and this is answered in the verse 99. Badham santikhyadar dhyasya Badham santikhyadar dhyasya Hetavashrutya nekata Hetavashrutya nekata Asambhavyatvamarthasya Asambhavyatvamarthasya Viparita Chabhavana Viparita Chabhavana Badham Sandhi He Adardhyasya Hetavaha Badham Sandhi meaning Sarvatha Vidyante There are Adardhyasya Hetavaha Dardhyam meaning firmness Adardhim meaning lack of firmness. Hetavaha, the causes. That indeed there are many causes for the knowledge not being firm. So for the lack of firmness of knowledge, there are indeed several causes, several reasons. What are they? Shruti Anekata. The variations in Shruti meaning Upanishad. <coughs> he Yasmat Karnathi meaning because of which reason? Shruti Anekata. Shruti Anekata meaning the multiplicity of Shruti or the Upanishad. <coughs> Nanatvam Eko Hetuhu. So there are many Upanishads. And very often it appears as though the statements of different Upanishads are contradictory. On the surface it may appear that one, what one Upanishad says seems to contradict what another Upanishad says. And therefore, if we study Upanishad merely by ourselves, it is quite possible that we may come away with a lot of confusion because the statements of Upanishads are contradictory sometimes. Because Upanishad teaches in the language of what we call paradox, in the language of contradiction. Because there is a lot of contradiction, a lot of paradoxes in our life, and therefore, since truths cannot really be encompassed in the framework of any words, and still known words must be employed in order to convey the truth, the words are employed by the teachers in such a way that it is not the direct meaning of the words, but it is implied meaning of the words which really creates the sense. <clears throat> and so if you take the words in the literal meaning and try to understand what the text says, it is going to generate a lot of confusion. And therefore we do not know what is the Tatparya or the purport of the Upanishad. Whether the Upanishads, they say Atma is one or are there many, 
Sometimes you feel as though the selves are many. Yatha pradipta, yatha sudiptaat, pavakat, visfulingaha, sahasrashaha, prabhavante, sarupaha. An illustration is given in Mundaka Upanishad. Just as many sparks emerge from a blazing fire, and so also many cells or many beings emerge from Brahman, from the Lord. And so it looks as though, just as a spark is a fraction of the fire, well, all the jivas or beings are fractions of Brahman. And this seems to point to duality or multiplicity of jivas or multiplicity of the selves. If that statement is not properly understood, in fact, is there really multiplicity in sparks? Yes, one spark is different from another spark. One sparks, one spark exists in one place, another spark exists in another place. So they are separated from each other by place. As well as they may have different life span also. And they may even appear to have different size or intensity. And therefore, apparently it will appear as though the sparks are many. And that is what the meaning of that Upanishadic statement would be if one simply reads that. Then by one's own self will come away with the conclusion that the selves or atmas are many. <coughs> but there the teacher has to explain that even though the sparks appear to be many, in fact there is no multiplicity. There is multiplicity from one standpoint, but not multiplicity from another standpoint. From the standpoint that one spark is in a place separate from another spark, there is multiplicity. But in as much as the truth or the essence of the spark is nothing but fire. Because what is the nature of fire? Heat and light is the nature of fire. And what's the true nature of a spark? Heat and light. And therefore, from the standpoint of the essence of fire which is heat and light, Ushnada and Prakasha, a spark is no different from fire, or one spark is no different from another spark. So where is the multiplicity? Multiplicity is not in fire. Multiplicity is in, in all those small little particles of carbon, which in fact gets, you know, emerge from the wood, which creates the appearance of multiplicity of fire. And so fire looks divided, even though fire cannot be divided. And so the division in the sparks that appears is not really division in fire. It is division in the particles of wood. It is division in carbon and not division in fire. And so the division in carbon, meaning those little particles of wood, they create an appearance of division in fire. And similarly also the divisions that we see among ourselves. There is some kind of a division all that. What is it? There is division all that, obtaining at the level of the body, the upadi, but not at the level of consciousness. So it is going to require a teacher really to unfold these mantras. And then alone the tatpari or the purport of these Upanishadic statements will be clear to us. And thus if you simply read these Upanishads, then you find many contradictory views, apparently, and one will have all kinds of doubts or questions as to what the purport of the Upanishad is. So Shruti Anekata, since Shruti's or Upanishads are many, and since the style is different very often, that the style, that presentation and, and, and the illustrations and things are quite different. Even the way the different Upanishads describe the process of creation, every Upanishad describes creation in its own way. And you wonder, what is true? 
the five elements, one Upanishad talks of five elements, another Upanishad talks of three elements, one Upanishad talks of creation in sixteen kalas, another Upanishad talks of creation as the embryo develops, you know, in the womb. And so there are different patterns or different mod- models that are, that, that appear in different Upanishads describing the creation. Which one is real? Which one is true? How did this universe come about? Then again it's going to require a teacher to tell us that the Tatparya or Parpurda Upanishad is not really in describing the creation process. Because that would be relevant only if the creation were real. The only intention that the Upanishads have in describing the process of creation is to say that the creation always emerges from Brahman, emerges from truth or emerges from God. And therefore the whole creation is nothing but Brahman. Tasmadva etasmad atmanaha akashaha sambhutaha From that Brahman which is this self there is certain order there but that order is not so important is the fact that the what is the original cause alone manifests itself in the form of all these effects and therefore the whole creation is nothing but Brahman so we have to really know the style and we should also know what we call Tatparya or the purport of the Upanishad before we can understand the statements of the Upanishad so it is going to require it. That's the reason why this the Vedanta must be learned. You cannot read it. Well, nobody will prevent you from reading it. Or we cannot even say you should not study it because it is just, you know, then what will you do? Swami, then what? Shall we all come and stay here? Well, that also may not be practical. And so, one may have to study all right, but ultimately, Vedanta must be learned from the teacher. Because there is a certain style and there is a certain methodology as Swamiji would say there is a parampara so there is a certain tradition and there is a tradition of unfoldment of the truth <coughs> and that is how we have to learn so Shruti Anekata this is one obstacle which can create a, a a lack of firmness or can create the various doubts in our mind because Shruti Anekata we may not really know what is the purport of this Shruti or the Upanishad. We may not be able to understand. <laughs> then, second is Asambhavyatva Arthasya. Arthasya api Akhandaikarasasya Advitiya Brahmarupasya Alaukikatvena Asambhavitatvam Aparaha Viparidha Aparaha. Second one. What's the second main obstacle? First main obstacle is lack of ascertainment of what is the purport of the Upanishad. What is it the Upanishads wish to say? What is the purport? Are they all saying the same thing or are they saying different things? That is the first problem. Second is having ascertained the purport of the Upanishad. That the purport is in Jiva Brahma Aikya or to reveal the identity between Jiva and Brahman. That Brahman is one without a second and that alone is the truth and that is the purport of the Upanishad having ascertained that then also various questions remain 
विद ब्रह्मणि द्वाट अलौकिकत्वेन अखंडैकरसस्य सो द उपनिषद सेज वेन यू स्टडी द उपनिषद देन तात्पर्य और द पर्पोज ऑफ द उपनिषद इज अंडरस्टूड एज अखंडैकरसस्य अरसस्य देन द ट्रूथ इन फैक्ट इज अखंडैकरसम इज वन होमोजीनियस अनडिवाइडेड होल द ट्रूथ इज वन होमोजीनियस अनडिवाइडेड एसेंस दैट्स ऑल द ट्रूथ इज and so the divisions which appear are only mithya or apparent so having understood that from the upanishads advitiya brahma rupasya and what is the truth brahman and that is what advitiya meaning one without a second all there is is brahman alone and what is that brahman that undivided homogeneous essence which is whole or one but that brahman is beyond perception it is beyond the range of the sense organs in the mind and therefore it is what alaukikam alaukikam means not available to the laukika or the ordinary means of knowledge and what is the ordinary means of knowledge our sense of perception the eyes ears etc as well as our mind so these instruments of knowledge we have which instruments of knowledge can objectify the objects of the world but they cannot objectify brahman and therefore the doubts always remain whether brahman is there or not or really is brahman one without a second or am i brahman is a self brahman these doubts remain idea is what the upanishad reveals seems to contradict our practical experience the teachers keep on telling us every day day in and day out you are limitless you are complete you are free but then my experience is what i am limited i am bound i am incomplete the upanishads tell us that there is only one truth without a second that there is no duality whatever but what do we perceive we perceive duality everywhere and never our own perception or the practical experience seems is quite contradictory to what the scriptures reveal and that creates a number of doubts in our mind and then we read other things also we listen to other teachers also and lot of things we do obviously in our growth as a result we do come across many other schools of thought and another perhaps another school of thought another thinker or a philosopher or whatever he may say that brahman you know the selves are many some people say atmas are many some people may say atma or the self is a fraction of brahman all kinds of things are there some people even say there is no god so these also we hear and these people present their opinions also in very apparently logical and convincing ways and that's the problem with many people whom we call professional listeners meaning those people go and attend every possible talk everywhere and what happens to them they are not quite capable of independent thinking or judgment so wherever they go whatever they are told it all sounds right that's right the good on the person this is also right good the third one this is also right and so everything is right and everything contradicts everything else and there is a total confusion so anyway lots of doubts are created in our mind on account of what we have learned from other sources which seem to contradict what the upanishad teaches us at the same time our own practical experience seems to contradict what we are taught and that creates what we call samshaya samshaya means the doubt so first obstacle is called 
ಪ್ರಮಾಣ ಅಸಂಭವ ಪ್ರಮಾಣ ಅಸಂಭವ ಮೀನ್ಸ್ ಎ ಕ್ವೆಶನ್ ಅಬೌಟ್ ಪ್ರಮಾಣ ಎ ಕ್ವೆಶನ್ ಅಬೌಟ್ ವಾಟ್ ಈಸ್ ಪರ್ಪೋರ್ಟ್ ಆಫ್ ಪ್ರಮಾಣ ಆರ್ ವೇದಾಂತ ಡೂ ವೇದಾಂತ ರಿಯಲಿ ಹ್ಯಾವ್ ಓನ್ಲಿ ಒನ್ ಸೀಮ್ ಆರ್ ಡೂ ದ ಉಪನಿಷದ್ ರಿಯಲಿ ರಿವೀಲ್ ಡಿಫರೆಂಟ್ ಸೀಮ್ಸ್ ಅಂಡ್ ಸೋ ಟು ಅರೈವ್ ಅಟ್ ದ ಸೀಮ್ ಆರ್ ದ ಸಬ್ಜೆಕ್ಟ್ ದ ಪರ್ಪೋರ್ಟ್ ದ ಉಪನಿಷತ್ ಇಸ್ ದ ಫಸ್ಟ್ ಥಿಂಗ್ ಸೆಕೆಂಡ್ ಈಸ್ ವಾಟ್ ವಿ ಕಾಲ್ ಪ್ರಮೇಯಗದ ಅಸಂಭಾವನ ಪ್ರಮಾಣಗದ ಅಸಂಭಾವನ ಅಂಡ್ ದೆನ್ ಪ್ರಮೇಯಗದ ಅಸಂಭಾವನ ಹ್ಯಾವಿಂಗ್ ಅಂಡರ್ಸ್ಟೂಡ್ ವಾಟ್ ಪ್ರಮಾಣ ಆರ್ ದ ಉಪನಿಷತ್ಸ್ ಹ್ಯಾವ್ ಟು ಸೇ ಅಂಡ್ ಸೆಕೆಂಡ್ ಇಸ್ ಪ್ರಮೇಯ ವಾಟ್ ಇಸ್ ಪ್ರಮೇಯ ಪ್ರಮೇಯ ಇಸ್ ದ ಆಬ್ಜೆಕ್ಟ್ ಆರ್ ದ ಸಬ್ಜೆಕ್ಟ್ ಆರ್ ದ ಉಪನಿಷತ್ ನಮ್ಮ ಬ್ರಹ್ಮನ್ ಸೊ ಪ್ರಮೇಯಗದ ಅಸಂಭಾವನ ದಿ ಇಂಪಾಸಿಬಿಲಿಟಿ ಆರ್ ದ ಡೌಟ್ಸ್ ಅರೈಸಿಂಗ್ ಪರ್ಟೈನಿಂಗ್ ಟು ಪ್ರಮೇಯ ಅರೈಸಿಂಗ್ ಪರ್ಟೈನಿಂಗ್ ಟು ಬ್ರಹ್ಮ can i my brahman doubt because it contradicts my experience is brahman alone what there is is brahman one without second again doubt because i see all these divisions in multiplicity and therefore our practical experience and what we hear from other sources create doubts about prameya meaning of what we have learned from the scriptures namely brahman and third is called viparita bhavana ಅಸಂಭಾವ್ಯಂಭಾವನಾಂಥ ಕರ್ತೃತ್ವಾಭಿಮಾನೂಪಿಯಲ್ಸ್ಟ್ರೀಫ್ರಾಮ್ಸ್ and free from ignorance but still the habitual problem remains what's habitual problem of taking myself to be a doer to be an individual to be a limited being and because that i've been in a habit of that and therefore the habitual error of taking this body as a self that occurs again and again so kartrutva himarupa trutiya aham karta aham bhukta i am a doer i am an enjoyer and so experiencer this kind of again superimposition upon i habitually again happens this is called viparita bhavana idi evam vidha adardhyasya hetava badham santi thus at least three hetus or three main obstacles which come in the way of firmness of the knowledge have been described here the obstacle in the terms of doubts pertaining to the purport of the upanishad the obstacle in the terms of doubts about what the upanishad says whether it is true or not and thirdly the vipreeta bhavana or the habitual error atah aparoksha anubhavadardhyaya shravanadikam avartaniyam iti bhavah and therefore aparoksha anubhavadardhyaya in order for the firmness of that immediate knowledge shravanadikam avartaniyam it is necessary that we must do again and again 
శ్రవణాధికం శ్రవణం మననం నిరుధ్యాసనం ఎస్ బృహదారణిక ఉపనిషత్ ఆత్మవారి ద్రష్టవ్య బికాస్ నోయింగ్ ఆత్మ వన్ నోస్ ఎవ్రీథింగ్ ఆర్ నోయింగ్ ఆత్మ వన్ అచీవ్ ఎవ్రీథింగ్ హౌ షుడ్ ఆత్మ బి నోన్ శ్రోతవ్య ఇట్ మస్ట్ బి లిసన్ టు మంతవ్య ఇట్ మస్ట్ బి డెలివరేటెడ్ అపాన్ నిరుధ్యాసితవ్య ఇట్ మస్ట్ బి అగైన్ అండ్ అగైన్ కామిన్ మెడిటేటెడ్ అపాన్ ఆర్ అగైన్ అండ్ అగైన్ ఇట్ మస్ట్ బి అసిమ్యులేటెడ్ సో శ్రవణం మననం అండ్ నిరుధ్యాసనం శ్రవణం మీనింగ్ లిసనింగ్ మననం మీనింగ్ రిఫ్లెక్షన్ నిరుధ్యాసనం మీనింగ్ ది అసిమ్యులేషన్ సో దిస్ ప్రాసెసెస్ మస్ట్ బి కెరెడ్ అవుట్ అగైన్ అండ్ అగైన్ అండ్ అగైన్ అంటిల్ దిస్ నాలెడ్జ్ బికమ్స్ ఫార్మ్ త్రివిధాన్ ఉపన్యస్యాసనంశ్రవణమేజ్టర్మ్స్టికల్స్టర్మ్స్ట్రైవ్ pertaining to the what is the purport of the upanishad that becomes clear manana or reflection eliminates the obstacle in terms of the various doubts that arise from our own practical experience and from the the opinion of other other thinkers and the dhyasanam eliminates the obstacle in the in the form of the habitual error now that is being stated in the subsequent verses evam trividhan adardhetu upanyasya having thus presented these three different causes for which are the obstacles to the firm knowledge shruti nanatva prayukte adardhi nivrutte for elimination of the adardhim for the elimination of the obstacles which in the form of the multiplicity of the upanishads or the apparent contradictions in the statements of the upanishads shravanavrutti karya in order to clarify what is the purport of the upanishad shravana avruddhi the repeated shravanam or repeated exposure to teaching has to be done and this is said in the verse 100 shaakha bhedat kama bhedat shaakha bhedat kama bhedat shrutam karmanyathanyatha shrutam karmanyathanyatha శాఖాభేదాస్ దీస్ డౌట్స్ ఆర్ ప్రెసెంటెడ్ ఇన్ ఇన్ వాట్ వి కాల్ ట్రెడిషనల్ మెథడ్స్ this may not be necessarily the manner in which our doubt may arise at the moment but how the doubts can arise about the doubt can be maybe what one upanishad says is different from what another upanishad says this doubt can arise why can such a doubt arise because upanishads apparently seem to be saying different things and it is comparable to what the previous section says see the vedas consists of basically two sections first section is called karmakanda 
एंड सेकेंड सेक्शन इज कॉल्ड ज्ञान कांड और उपनिषद सो वेदास कैन बी ब्रॉडली डिवाइडेड इन टू टू सेक्शन वॉट वी आर स्टडिंग उपनिषद इज ओनली द सेकेंड सेक्शन एंड अ वेरी स्मॉलर सेक्शन कॉल्ड द ज्ञान कांड मीनिंग द सेक्शन परटेनिंग टू नॉलेज बट द फर्स्ट सेक्शन ऑफ द वोलूमिनस सेक्शन इट एड्रेस इज इट सेल्फ टू वॉट वी कॉल कर्म ऑल द रिचुअल्स so first is the section on rituals which is a very large section and second is the section pertaining to the knowledge now the whole veda is one alone but we divide it you know in this two because the people who are interested in fulfilling various desires have to perform karma so karma or ritual is for what purpose we perform an action to fulfill a certain desire and therefore the karmakanda section of the vedas or the ritualistic portion of the vedas describes many many rituals in order to satisfy variety of desires that a person has so variety of rituals are described in response to the fulfillment of variety of desires that a person may have and also vedas are in, there are different shakhas or different schools or recension different schools it is four major vedas are known rigveda yajurveda samaveda and atharvaveda there are four major branches of vedas in a given branch also there can be different recensions for example the yajurveda also has two major branches krishna yajurveda and shukla yajurveda and so on and so forth now then what happens is in every veda there are two sections karmakanda and gyanakanda ritualistic section and a section dealing with knowledge then we find that in every every veda in the ritualistic section so many rituals are described addressing themselves to the fulfillment of so many different desires and we also find that certain rituals are common in all the vedas like agnihotra karma etc so some of the rituals are common however described differently in different vedas so rigveda may ask you to perform agnihotra karma particular ritual in a certain way and in yajurveda the same ritual may be uh, recommended or stipulated to be performed in a slightly different way so we find that in different vedas same rituals may be described in somewhat different ways and in one veda different rituals are also described so shakha bhedat कर्म अन्यथा अन्यथा श्रुतम शाखा भेदाउंटेदायर्स since desires are many therefore the rituals are also many and since shakha the branches are many therefore also one ritual may be described in somewhat different ways in different branches thus when we look at the previous section called the ritualistic portion of vedas then you find we cannot really say that karma or ritual is one alone because rituals are many because obviously the desires are many and so the kind of ritual you may have to perform to uh, secure wealth may be different kind of ritual which you have to perform for for rains 
So there are rituals for rains, there are rituals for wealth, there are rituals for other material ends, rituals for sun, and so on and so forth. And each ritual is going to be different because the end result is different. And why is the end result different? Because our desires are also many. I want my son, I want a child also, I want wealth also, I want name and fame also, I want heavens also, I want comfort also, I want so many things. And therefore, in response to the variety of desires that a person entertains, Vedas present variety of rituals. So we find that the rituals of karma are many. And so someone may think that, in the Upanishad also, just as the subject matter of the karma kanda keeps on changing that the karmas are many, one may think that even Brahma or what the Upanishads reveal also is many. Just as the subject matter of the karma kanda or ritualistic portion is different in different Vedas. And so also we may think that the subject matter of the Upanishad also may be different in different Vedas. And therefore, we will be perplexed by the different styles and different, yeah, different styles of the Upanishads. Eva Matrabi Mahasanki, he says, no, don't have this doubt pertaining to Upanishad that just because Upanishads appear, are many, and because Upanishads appear in different branches, that the Upanishads talk about different subjects, don't have this doubt. And to eliminate this doubt which may naturally arise, Ataha Shravanamacharet. If you have this doubt, then Shravanamacharet. May you listen to the scriptures. Meaning, may you expose yourself to the study of the scriptures from a teacher. Yatha Shakhadi Bhedat Karma Bhedo Vartade. Even samvid bhedo navartade The idea is that karma is many, but jnanam is one alone. You know why? Because karma is purushatantram and jnanam is vastutantram. Karma or the ritual or an action is, it depends upon the actor or the doer. Whereas the knowledge is determined not by the person, Knowledge is determined by the object. For example, here is a microphone. Now I can perform an action with reference to microphone. I can pick up the microphone. I can put it back. I can speak into the microphone. I can do different things, different actions. That all depends upon I, the individual. Whether to do something or not to do it or how to do it. However, the knowledge that this is microphone, that this object is microphone, that no. Understand that knowledge is determined by the object, whereas action is determined by the person. So action is determined by the will of a person, whereas the knowledge does, is not determined by the will of the person. Knowledge has to be true to the object of knowledge. And therefore, even if I say that, hey, look at the elephant in my palm, and then you will not look at the elephant in my palm, you look at me, if Swami needs some treatment, you might perhaps feel, you know, that there's something wrong someplace. Why? Because even if the, otherwise you may be willing to accept what the Swami says, but this you cannot accept that there is an elephant on my palm, because you don't see an elephant. Had there been an elephant, well definitely you could see it. And you can't insist that there is an elephant. You cannot see what is not there. And you cannot see a thing other than what it is. Meaning the knowledge of a thing is determined by the thing or the object, and the action is determined by you. 
meaning by the person. And so I would say, come on, get up, stand up. Again you will look at me, what is Swami saying? Why should I stand up? So somebody may be obedient, he may stand up also. Somebody may not, somebody may wonder. Somebody may stand up and get out. It depends, you know, of what our mood says. So what we do depends upon us. What we know depends upon the object. So therefore, there is manyness or multiplicity in karma. Because karma or the action depends upon the will of the person. And that person's being many and the will also constantly changing. Therefore, there is variety in karma. However, knowledge of the object is determined by the object and therefore, Everybody will see the sun as sun alone, moon as moon alone. However, how many number of people are there? The knowledge is one alone. And similarly also Brahman is Brahman and therefore, even though the people are many, even though Upanishads are many, but the subject matter revealed by them has to be one alone because the knowledge is determined by the vastu, by the object. And therefore, don't have this doubt that Upanishads are are talking about different subjects. All of them talk about one alone, one theme or one one principle and that is Brahman. Okay, here the Tikagara explains this. Yatha shakha bhedat karma bhedha shruyate yadruchayeva hautram kriyate yajusha advaryavam samna udgitham iti Rucha, rucha meaning that Rugveda. Hautram. Hautram means Hautra Sambandhi Karma. There are three Vedas and therefore the Vedic priests also have three designations. The priest of the Rugveda is called Hotru. The priest of the Yajurveda is called Advaryu. And the priest of the Samaveda is uh, is is uh, Udgatra. So Hotru, Advaryu, Udgatra. And so when there is a ritual of the Rugveda to be performed, whom will you invite? You will invite a Rugveda priest. He is called Hotru. So Ruchayeva Hautram Kriyade. The action or the ritual which is to be found in Rugveda must be performed by this Hota, by the Hotru. Yajusha with the help of mantra of Rugveda. Yajusha Advaryavam. The ritual to be found in Yajurveda must be performed by that priest who is learned in Yajurveda is called Advaryu. And Advaryu will perform this ritual with the help of the mantras of Rugveda. Samna Udgitham. Ucchaihi Giyatai the Udgitham. Udgitha is the Sam mantra. So any karma which is of the Samaveda is to be performed with the help of the Samantras. The idea is that each branch has different kind of stipulations and therefore those rituals must be performed as stipulated by those branches uh, by the people who are competent to do that. Thus, there is many, there is different rituals in different Shakhas. This is Shakha Bheda. Shakha Bheda Karma Bheda Shvete. Yathava Kama Bheda and also there are different rituals for fulfilling different kinds of desires. For example, Kaririya Vrustikamo Yajeda. There is an action ritual called Kariri. And that ritual will be performed by Vrustikamaha, the one who is desirous of rain. 
So there are rituals in Vedas for rains. And you'll be surprised to know that there are also mantras for turning rain away. So if there is no rain, then you perform a ritual to invite the rain. And there is too much rain, ativrashti. Then you can also chant mantras to turn the rain away, as they were doing in Rishikesh. In, in August, when they were celebrating the 60th birthday of Swamiji, from 11th August to 15th of August, then on this 11th and 12th and 13th of August, there was so much rain. And so there were a lot of difficulties when there is rain. And so these priests were actually chanting the mantras to turn the rain away. Oh rain, may you go away to the ocean, may you go away to the other places and things like that, you know. So anyway, there are different rituals for fulfilling different desires. So someday in Rishikesh, same Rishikesh, you may perform a ritual to invite rain if there is no rain. And sometimes you may also perform a ritual to turn the rain away if there is too much rain, whatever it is. Kaririya, Vrushtikamu, Yajeta, one who is desirous of Vrushti or rain may perform this Kariri. Shatakrushtalam Ayushkamaha Suppose you are desirous of long life, then another ritual, Shatakrushtalam. And the idea is, depending upon the kind of desires, different kinds of rituals are there. Ityadi Karmabhedaha Shrutaha Based on the, the variety of desires, there is what we call variety of rituals. Evam, so in short, karma or rituals are many, depending upon the number of branches, depending upon the number of desires. Evam upanishatsuapi pratipadya tatvasya vedashankayam And so one may also think that since Upanishads are also many and Upanishads are also to be found in different branches of the Vedas, therefore maybe Upanishads also deal with a different topic or that subject matter also is different. So one may think. Pratipadya tatvasya bhedashankayam and therefore, in order to eliminate this doubt, or in order to eliminate, ascertain what is the subject matter, or what is the purport of the Upanishad, Shravanam punah punah kartavyam, one must again and again listen to the scripture, Shravanam. As you must know, although Shravanam meaning listening, but that Shravanam should actually mean only vicharaha, that one must do vicharaha. One must deliberate upon the, the statements of the Upanishads. But how should that deliberation be performed? With the help of the teacher, not independently. Therefore, how can you perform a deliberation upon the statements of the Upanishads with the help of teacher in a setting like this? That in fact it is teacher who is performing deliberation. But then, while the student is listening, and when that listening takes place with a proper attitude of what we call Shraddha and Bhakti, meaning with faith or trust and devotion and single-pointedness, then the intellect of the student is as though handed over to the teacher. And when the teacher performs a deliberation, since the student is totally tuned up with the teacher, the student also performs the same deliberation. And that is how the student does the vichara or deliberation with the help of the teacher upon the scriptures. So this is not merely listening. It is what we call vicharaha. There is an active participation on the part of the student. Although he doesn't talk, but he listens very attentively and also deliberates in his or her mind. And therefore deliberation takes place in shravanam. So that shravanam or that deliberation in or listening must be done again and again 
in order to ascertain the purport of the Upanishads. Kintat shravanam vidyakangshayam tallakshanamaha What is it that you call shravanam? What is meant by listening to the scriptures? This question may be there. Tallakshanam. What's the definition of shravanam? Or what's the definition of this listening? That is being said in the verse 101. Vedanta namasheshanam Vedanta namasheshanam Adi madhyavasanatah Adi madhyavasanatah Brahmatmanyevatatparyam Brahmatmanyevatatparyam Iti dhishravanam bhaved Iti dhishravanam bhaved Vedantanam Asheshanam Asheshanam Vedantanam Shesha means residue. Asesha means that which does not leave residue, meaning all. Asheshanam Vedantanam. What is Vedanta? Vedanta Vedanam Antaha Vedantaha. That which obtains at the end of the Vedas is called Vedanta. And so Upanishads are generally found at the physical end of the Vedas. And therefore, Upanishad is called Vedanta. So, Asheshanam Vedantanam, of all the Vedantas, meaning Sarvasam Upanishadam, of all the Upanishads, Adimadhyanas Vasanataha, Brahmatmaniva Tatparyam, Adi Madhya Avasanataha, Adi means beginning, Madhya means middle, Avasana means conclusion. That all the Upanishads, in the beginning, in the middle, and in conclusion, all of them have Brahmatmani eva tatparyam. Tatparyam means purport. The, all the Upanishads have the purport in Brahmatmani, in revealing the self that is Brahman. The Upanishads talk about no other theme or no other subject. The only subject matter of the Upanishads is Brahmatmani dhi, Brahmat, that Atma is Brahman. And that is the Jiva Brahma Ikyam, revealing the nature of Brahman and revealing the truth that what is Jiva or the Self is Brahman alone. All the Upanishads address themselves to revealing or expounding this subject matter alone. In the beginning, in the middle, at the end. Tatparyam. So what is Adhimadhyavasanataha Upakrama Upasamharadi Paryalochanayam? It's interesting. purport of the text. What is that the subject matter of the text? For that, there is a method. Upakrama upasamharo abhyaso purvadafalam arsavado upapatticha lingam tatpari niranaye. This is lingam. Lingam means this is evidence tatpari niranaye for ascertaining a tatpari or the purport of the Upanishads or purport of any sex, any text. Upakrama Upasamharao. Upakrama meaning introduction. Upasamhara meaning conclusion. So any well-written text or any uh, well-delivered address or speech will first of all concern itself with a given topic or a given theme or a given subject matter. And you'll find that in the very introduction that subject matter will be introduced. 
Because usually the student is introduced as to what is the text going to be about. And you'll also find that in conclusion also, the very same thing, the conclusion also comes with the very same subject matter. Upakrama and Upasamhara. In the introduction, you introduce the subject matter and or make a proposal. In the conclusion, you prove and show how it is a subject matter that you have discussed. So, if you want to determine what is this text about, what is this book about, what is subject matter of the book, read the introduction, read the preface and read the conclusion. Then you will know what is subject matter here. Upakrama Upasamhara. Then, Abhyasaha. Also you will find a tendency on the part of a speaker or on the part of the writer to emphasize again and again the subject matter that he wants to present. So, you will always, whatever you want to present is, is primarily in your mind. And the way it will again and again come out in your speech or in your writing also. So, you will find a constant repetition or emphasis again and again of that subject matter. This is called Abhyasa. Then Apurvata, what you are presenting here is something, something unique or something new and which knowledge is not available from other sources. Meaning Upanishads will only deal with that subject matter which cannot be known from other means of knowledge. And therefore Upanishads do not concern themselves with all kinds of science or material sciences because that knowledge can be obtained by other means of knowledge, namely perception or by inference. But Upanishads present that subject matter which cannot be known by perception or by inference or by any other available means of knowledge. And that is called Purvata. That is the uniqueness of the Upanishads. They talk of what we call Atindriya Vishaya, a subject matter which is beyond perception. That is the self, Brahman, which is beyond perception. And that is the subject matter of Upanishad. That is its uniqueness. Phalam, you will also find from Phalam or from the very result or the Prayojanam, what is the purpose of this text? What is it that you achieve by knowing this? And that also enables us to understand what is the subject, main subject matter of the text. Arthavadaha. And another thing that we find is that you will always praise and always present. This is always, you know, the human mind wants to always present what you want to emphasize. Always show the advantages of the subject matter that you want to pray, present and the disadvantages of the opposite. So in the Upanishads you will find again and again the praise of the Advitiyatvam or the non-duality. And you also find a criticism or a condemnation of the dual vision. The person who sees duality or gives reality to duality goes from death to death, it is said. In this you find again and again that vision of duality or multiplicity being condemned. And the vision of non-duality being praised. So always you praise something when you want to create a desire. And you condemn something when you want someone to stay away from something. And thus we find this is called, this style is called Arthavada. Arthavada meaning the praising of what you want to convey and the tika or the, or the condemnation of the opposite. Arthavada. And upapatti, upapatti meaning the reasoning. You will also find any text giving adequate illustrations and reasoning 
to show that the subject matter that is presented is reasonable or logical. So the reasoning also will be provided. So these are the six signs or six evidences or this six signs that we see in order to arrive at the purport of the Upanishad or of any text. And so it said, Adi Madhya Vasanataha. May you study the Upanishad, the beginning of it, the end of it, and the middle of it. And you'll find, with the help of this, different linga, different evidences. That Brahmatmani Yavatatparyam, the purport of all the Upanishads is Brahmatmani in in, in only revealing or expounding Brahman, which is the self. Iti dihi supariyalochanayam brahmrupe pratyagatmaneva tatparyam idam parampariyena pariyavasanam That every statement of the Upanishad ultimately contributes directly or indirectly in conveying only one theme and that is what? That Brahman, the limitless, is the self. Every statement of the Upanishad will be connected to this for example, Chandogya Upanishad says, sixth chapter, Tattva Masi, that thou art. Meaning that limitless Brahman you are. And that this may be only one or two statements. And Upanishad may be so large, many having many statements, but you'll find that all those statements of the Upanishads, Upanishad directly or indirectly, lead to this particular statement. Or lead to this particular theme. And you may give a lot of background data. You may give a lot of reasoning ultimately to arrive at this particular theme. So this is called Tatpariyam, Parampariyana Pariyavasanam. So directly or indirectly, all the statements of the Upanishad culminate into revealing this theme that the self is Brahman and that is one without a second. And this Tatpariyam, that this is the Tatpariya or this is the purport of the Upanishad. This kind of a conviction, Sharvanam Bhave, this is this kind of in this chair or conviction that the purport of all the Upanishads is to reveal the oneness of the self and that self is one without a second and that it is limitless, that it is a very substratum of the whole universe and that is the essence of everything. To reveal this is the only purport of the, all the Upanishads. To have, to arrive at this conviction, is called Shravanam or listening. And until you arrive at this conviction, keep on exposing yourself to Shravanam. When it is very clear to you that yes, Brahman is one without a second, that Brahman alone is the self. That Brahma Satyam, Jagan Mithya. Brahman alone is Satyam of the truth. Jagat, the creation is Mithya. It's a superimposition. And that Brahman alone is the self. And I, the self, is the self of all. Until this conviction arises, continue to do Shravanam. And this is what Shravanam or listening to the scripture provides, I mean produces in us this Tatparinishchaya. This firm conviction that I am limitless, Brahman I am. <coughs> and thus, this doubt in our mind as to what is the purport of the Upanishad can be eliminated only by Shravanam or by listening to the scriptures. Om Purnamadav Purnamidam Purnat Purnamudachyade Purnasya Purnamadaya Purnamevavashishyade Om
शांत 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 शंकर शंकराचार्य केशव बादरायण सूत्रभाष्यकृत वंदे भगवतौनपुनःश्वरो गुरुरात्मे मूर्ति भेद विभागिने व्योमद्याप्तहाय दक्षिणमूर्त नम ओ शाति 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 हरि ओ श्री गुरुभ्यो नम हरि ओ